And so if you will, turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 33. Psalms chapter 33. And uh, not going to preach long, but hopefully it'll be a help. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and give the title of my message right off. Trademarks of a True Patriot. Trademarks of a True Patriot. As we enter in the evening of July 4th, it celebrates uh, the independence of our nation, the uh, declaring of our uh, independence from uh, England and the beginning, the birth of our nation. Um, it is very exciting to be a part of something like this. And I tell you this, patriotism is not something uh, that is becoming a trademark of our country anymore. Uh, the flag doesn't mean to many people what it has meant in times past. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there has been uh, a movement that is trying to do away with anything uh, that our nation uh, was founded upon. Uh, trying to make little of things that were uh, uh, principled. They were they were uh, foundational things. And I'm thankful that our nation has been established under God. And we're going to find here in, Gen- in uh, Psalms 33, chapter number, uh, excuse me, Psalms chapter 33, verse number 12, the Bible says this, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And hopefully this evening we'll walk away with a couple of trademarks of a true Patriot. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you speak more about the pray Use the scriptures, use the message, which will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll tell you a little bit about myself before I get started. I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, so I'm very thankful, privileged for that opportunity. My father did not have that opportunity. My, my mother did, and uh, but I'm thankful that I was able to grow up in a Christian home. And uh, we grew up in the, uh, the bluegrass state, God's country of Kentucky. And uh, so you say, what's so great about Kentucky? Well, a couple of things. Uh, Daniel Boone, uh, bluegrass music. Uh, 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 Abraham Lincoln was born there. Uh, there's a big, uh, there's a lot of NASCARs. And then Brother Colonel Sanders. I think every Baptist can say amen. At least for that. And the toothbrush. Because had it been anywhere else, it had been the toothbrush. And so we're thankful for that. But I'm thankful to grow up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky. have a long history and heritage there. Very proud to be an American. I'm very thankful uh, that my colors of my country are red, white, and blue. I'm very thankful that my country, on its currency, it says, in God, we trust. I'm thankful when we go to our national monuments. How many of you have ever been to the Jefferson Memorial? Man, that's like a Baptist preacher's sermon outline written on those walls. There's verses, there's principles. I'm thankful and I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud of our nation's heritage. I'm proud... For what it has done, there certainly have been things that we did in our beginning that we could have done better, but I'm thankful that America has uh, 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 consistently tried to be better. And I'm telling you this right now, there are things that our country today is missing. If we're going to go forward, we have to remember where we started from. I tell my story, and I'm always thankful where I came from because where I come from is a part of my future. Uh, You never want to forget where you started uh, that's why I'm very thankful as a, as a young man to know my heritage. I'm thankful uh, that uh, being a Christian is not something that was handed down to me. Being a Christian is something that I have personally chosen. Can I tell you here tonight, you may be there's several young people here. There are several people in between all the age brackets, but can I tell you this, that being a Christian is something that you have to choose. See, Christian is not a denomination. Being a Christian is a decision. You have to make it, choose it for yourself. Well, as we look in uh, Psalms chapter 33, verse number 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And I think we can say that America certainly has been blessed. 
I can ask this question, what is a nation? If I was to ask that, I would probably get an answer that a nation is a collective body of individuals. Well, if I was to put that together, I don't think it would be out of context to read the verse this way. Blessed is the individual whose God is the Lord. You see, if we're going to take evaluation, if we're going to if we're going to look at the direction that our nation is headed, if we're going to take assessment, and I think that anyone here would say that America isn't who it was, but I think that might be because Christians, Americans, we are not who we used to be. Because you see, a nation is individuals, and the individual is you. So my question to you is, are you a patriot? See, a patriot is not somebody who holds a flag of red, white, and blue. That's not what a patriot is. A patriot is not somebody who uh, grabs a, a weapon and, and charges the hill for victory. See, that's not a patriot. That's a citizen. A patriot is not somebody uh, who steps into Congress and stands before uh, the delegates and, and makes their way uh, up to the presidency. That, that's not a patriot. That's a citizen. No, my friend, a patriot is in Psalms chapter 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Here's what a patriot is. Trademarks of a patriot is this. Well, let me first say before I get into some of my points that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. See, I know that this country is not my home because my country is a heavenly one. I'm sure thankful for the fact that I am a citizen of the United States of America. I'm thankful that I have generations of uh, citizens of the United States of America. In fact, uh, I've actually done a little bit of digging, and in my family, we have actually had uh, a since Valley Forge, somebody serving in the United States military, all the way up from Valley Forge with General George Washington, all the way up to the present generation. There's always been a C in the United States military fighting for our country. While I'm thankful for that, while I'm sure proud of that, I'm more thankful that my father's a Christian. I'm more thankful that his daddy became a Christian. I'm thankful that my grandfather was a Christian. I'm thankful that there are some true patriots in my family tree. Here's the first trademark of a, of a true patriot. Number one, God is their Savior. I'm thankful for the red. I'm thankful for the white. As I've said, I'm thankful for the blue of our nation's flag. But can I say this? This is not the banner that waves, not, that is the banner, excuse me, that waves over my head, but it is not the banner that waves over my heart. You see, the banner that waves over my head, yes, it stands for freedom. Yes, it may stand for liberty, but only upon this earth. But I'm telling you tonight that I'm thankful that as a nine-year-old boy, I accepted the citizenship of a country far better. I had a banner that now flies high over my heart and its, color, its colors are white. And its colors are red. Its colors are white as it reflects the purity, as pure as snow from our Savior's holiness, from the lovely Lord Jesus in the spotless Lamb of God. And it blow, and it drips crimson red as it's dyed in the blood, from the blood that flowed from the brow of His head to the soles of His feet as it came streaming down His cross. Yes, the banner that will fly forever over me is the banner of His love. But let me ask, let me ask you a question tonight. What banner is flying over you? Can I tell you this, that in God we trust or uh, that motto that we have, can I say this, it's, it's no longer something that is personal. 
For many, it's become an emblem. It's become a moniker. It's become a saying. You see, He cannot be your God if He is not your Savior. The Bible says, Blessed is the nation, not whose government is in their particular body politic, not whose pipeline is being drilled, uh, not whose taxes are low, uh, not who has religious liberty, not one that doesn't have financial security. That's not what the Bible says. Is it? What does the Bible say? Blessed is the nation whose what? God is the Lord. You see, I think Americans have become selfish, blinded, and prideful. We think because, we think because that our nation has uh, the power of the dollar. We think because uh, we can have uh, something on our hip to protect ourselves in the Second Amendment. We think because our nation allows us uh, to preach here uh, this evening to do what we uh, did on Sunday, that that is why, that is why America is great. i tell you why America is being great. It's God has been its you see, not many people know this, but when America uh, uh, declared its independence, America was not the number one world power. In fact, America wasn't really anything in the world powers until after World War II. If there's any uh, students of history, they would they would uh, back me up in that. It wasn't until after World War II that America became the number one world power. But, you know, there's a lot that God did in our little country at that time. There were revivals. There were people being saved. There were churches being started. And America was blessed. Not because America was big, but because God was the Lord. But let me ask you something. Is He your Lord? See, the Bible says, it doesn't say you must attend church. The Bible doesn't say that I'm thankful that every week we get to go out and knock on doors or go into our community and do something patriotic. We get to hand out a gospel tract. We get to share the salvation news. We get to share the, the blessed gospel with those that are around us. And I can tell you there are many times where we'll talk to people and we'll ask them, if something were to happen to you, where would you be? Where would you be? They'll say, uh, do you, I'll say something. Do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, I believe in God. I've grown up going to church. I've loved God ever since I was a kid. My family's very religious. Uh, I do my best to be loving and helpful to my neighbors and friends. And while these are wonderful testimonies and admirable qualities, Salvation has nothing to do with me. The Bible says, not of works lest any man should boast. You may be here, and you might be like Nicodemus. You say, who's Nicodemus? Well, if you'll turn to John chapter 3 tomorrow morning when you're reading your Bibles, and you'll read the testimony of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a very religious man. Nicodemus was a very good man. But Nicodemus was a very lost man. You see, the first obstacle that we have to overcome is me. I have to realize who I am to realize who God is. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let's look down at verse number 19. Let's go ahead and start in verse number 17. And horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you believe in your soul? See, that's where it really has to start, folks. I was out talking with a gentleman just a couple uh, weeks ago. And uh, he was very kind. He was very gracious. And we came and I gave him some information about our church. 
And I said, you know, and I mean this every time I say it, I said, more importantly, the church said, if, you know, something were to happen to you, you know, for sure, where you would be. And he just kind of, you know, didn't really give me much of an answer. And I said, well, can I ask you this way? Do you believe in your soul? Do you believe something will happen to you when you die? He said, I do. I said, how important is it for you to know what will happen to your soul when you die? His quote, I quote him, not very important. Not very important. Can I tell you something that one out of every one of people that have been here is going to die? It's a pretty good statistic. One out of every one people under this tent is going to die. And you're not guaranteed that it won't be tomorrow. You see, even those who don't believe in God believe in faith. Let me say that again. Even those who don't believe in God believe in faith. Every time you get in your car and you go to work, you have faith, you have faith that you're going to make it. When you sign your lease for thirty, you know, or you sign your your, uh, you go to the bank and you get a you get a loan for thirty years on your house. You're thinking in thirty years I'm going to own this house. Isn't that faith? That's faith in your job. We saw what happened to people's faith in their jobs in 2020, didn't we? How many of you had something shake your faith at your workplace in 2020? I can tell you this. I was working at a plant. I was working in a warehouse. I was just, you know, doing uh, uh, unloading dirties. I was just in the warehouse just working. I was just a grunt laborer. I was very, very bottom shelf. We had just got hired on, and I was making $15 an hour, which is standard pay. And so I was just, you know, working there, you know, 40, 50 hours a week doing my normal thing. And uh, when uh, the, the COVID pandemic happened, there were 27 year and 30 year and 25 year and 19 year men that got fired. And I stayed home. You could, it was really quiet in the workplace for a couple of weeks. Their faith was shaking. They thought that when they signed on, that they had retirement in mind. That's faith, isn't it? You have faith every time you set your alarm at night that you're going to wake up. Can I tell you this? My grandmother passed away last year. She died. She had her plan set. She had her alarm set. She was gone. Now that's hard. But let me ask you something. If that was you, where would you be? Where's your soul? Do you believe in your soul? Well, if you believe in your soul, what's going to happen? So you're willing to leave your soul a chance? But you're not willing to leave your career to chance? You see, that's what's happened to America. America has gotten has gotten stuck on the tangible. We no longer have our faith in God. If we were to turn to Psalms chapter 80, let's turn to Psalms chapter 80 here. I'm sorry, 70, 78. 78, Psalms chapter 78. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 78, verse 21, Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth, so that a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in salvation. Let's look at verse 23. Though he commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He raised flesh also upon them as the dust, and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp and round about their habitations. So they did eat where they were filled, for he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust while their meat was yet in their mouths. The wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the closest chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still and believed 
not for his wondrous works. You know what has happened to America? God has too greatly blessed America. You know what happened to Israel? Their blessing became their burden. If I was to ask you tonight, count your blessings. And you could name off a, maybe a lot of them. You could name your house, your family, your job, maybe some of your hobbies, some of the things that you've been able to accomplish in your, in your lifetime. Where's God in your blessings? Where, where, where's God in your blessings? You see, what happened is America is so blessed by God that America has forgotten God. Isn't that what happened? You ever gone to school with a spoiled kid? Never gone to school with a spoiled kid? Anybody? Am I the only one? All right, thank you very much. Man, that is the worst thing in the world to be around spoiled kids, isn't it? You know why that's, there's a lot of countries that don't like to be around Americans? You ever travel? You ever travel? When I worked, when I worked at that plant, I was the only multi-generational American. I was the only one that grew up speaking English. Either Salvadorian, Hungarian, Jamaican, uh, 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 Venezuelan, Guatemalan. I was the only one that was from the U.S. of A. And I got to working with them, and I just was curious. I said, "What are some things that you know are 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 blessings about America?" And they said, "Well, it's really neat that." You know, you can go talk to your boss because in in our countries that everything is segregated. You know, if you're of a certain pay grade, you're not allowed to talk to the next pay grade, which is how it goes. And uh, they said it's really neat that you can you know make friends with people of all different ages and and statures and and, and different qualities. I said that's really neat. I said what is uh what is something that's that's that is frustrating about you? He said too sensitive. Too everyone they said too sensitive. They said, spoiled, too sensitive. They said, when we came to this country, when we came to this country, we did not know how sensitive Americans were. You can't make a joke. You can't talk about certain things. He said, Americans are sensitive. You know why? Because Americans are blessed. They're spoiled. They're spoiled. You see, the, the Israelites here, they had the best of the best. God was feeding them manna from heaven, biscuits and gravy every morning. Come on now. God was good. Their clothes were good. They never had to one time go to the Burlington Coke factory to get clothes. God helped them there. They had water from the rock. It's Fiji water. They were walking around with Fiji water. Water from the rock. God was blessing them. And every time God blessed them, they said, they didn't even, they didn't even stop to say thank you. Of course they did, the Bible says. If we were to look at verse 33, therefore their days that he consumed in vanity and their years in trouble, when he slew them, Look here. Then they sought him. One of the most patriotic times in our country that I can remember was 9-11. When Desert Storm was kicking up. Can I ask you a question? Where's that patriotism gone? Why was it Why was it important that we seek? You know what? An atheist is only an atheist until he's in trouble. Everybody believes that something bigger than them, if they call out, will help them. You know what's interesting? You never have to teach people to be religious. You ever you ever gone to other countries? You never have to teach people to be religious. There are countries that have no they have no written language, they have no health, they have no health care, like no no any form of dental care, health care. They have no form of capitalism. They have no form of modern uh, uh, society at all. But they'll have the most complex form of religion. Now you tell me where that starts. 
You tell me how you don't have to teach man to be religious. Where did that come from? That's what I always ask people that are atheists. I say, I mean, I'm, not, I'm willing to say that mine's a religion. But you're not. You got faith. You didn't see all that stuff happen. Explain to me why, explain to me why people believe in God. And I'm not talking about Christ. That's who is God. But I'm saying, tell me why people believe in God. You know why? Because people believe in, people believe in their soul. If you believe in your soul tonight, my friend, there is a Savior. And there, and your God is to be the Lord. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If you're here tonight, your trademark, your first trademark of a true patriot is not to wear red, white, blue, but it's to have the blood of Jesus upon your life. To have His banner of love flying high above your heart. If this nation were to fall in upon itself, where would you be? I'm thankful to say that I'd be in heaven. You say, why? Because I've been born again. I've accepted Christ as my Savior, repented of being a sinner. Said, I know who I am. God, and I know who you are. Would you come into my heart? I made that decision as a ninth-year-old. Faith. Number two, not only is God their Savior, but God is their Lord. You say, what's the difference? Big difference. Big difference. See, Lord is master. Lord is one having power and authority over others. Can I say this, that sadly today in our nation uh, is becoming a land of many gods. You know, America used to be in God we trust. But I think that we can say America in gods we trust. You say, what do you mean by that? See, I'm not talking about religious gods. I'm not talking about Muhammad. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm not talking about the Pope. I'm not talking about basketball players. But America is very religious. And America has many gods. Can I name some for you? Prosperity. Fitness. You say fitness, fitness. In today's world, people will spend all kinds of money, put all kinds of time. There was a fellow that, that made the news, passed away the other day, 30 years old, professional bodybuilder. Was really, had a well-established presence on social media, had all kinds of money. That was his God. Fitness. Vacation. People will slave and serve and put in time and sacrifice and scrimp and save and plan ahead. Do all this work for vacation. Democracy. You know what's interesting? That we had more people when, during the COVID pandemic come out of their shells, popping a flag in their hand, then we've had Christians doing that same passion with the Bible in their hand. How come we have more people that are that are not ashamed to be a uh, an American, but they are ashamed to be a Christian? You know why? Because God might be their Savior, but God is not their Lord. You see, if He's your Lord, He's your Master. If He's your Lord, then He's your then He's your He's your all in all. He's your authority. If He says it, that's what you do. Here's another one: bosses. Can I tell you something? I don't work for my boss. Now, I'm thankful to say that my father is my boss. But can I tell you this? He's not my boss. You know who's my boss? God is. If my pastor, who is my father, was to tell, was to give me an instruction that goes against the Word of God, I don't even have to make a decision. But it's family. But he's not my Lord. But he's given me my paycheck. But he's not my Lord. I'd rather serve God than man. Man will fail you. You ever put your faith in man? Not a good idea. Then scandals come. You know why so many people leave churches when pastors get caught doing wrong? Because they weren't serving the Lord. 
If my pastor were to fail, I'm still going to church because I don't go to church for my pastor. I don't go to church for the people next to me in the pew. You know why I go to church? Because God's my Lord. He's my Savior. And I'm going to be on church on Sunday. You know why? Because if I'm giving my workplace six days a week, by golly, I can give God at least one, at least a morning and an evening. If your boss was to say, can I tell you this? Let me put it where it's at. Your boss was to say, I need you to work some overtime. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? No, I'm not going to do it. Oh, really? But you'll get more pay. Well, maybe I'll do it. You get time and a half. Never told you that. Hey, you work overtime. Listen, Wednesday night. Look, if you'll put in five extra hours, help us close down. You get time and a half. And I'll let you come in late on Thursday. But you got church on Wednesday. What are you going to do? Who's your Lord? Who's taking care of you? Your boss or God? Well, I need, I got this new job and I've been praying about it, but I'm going to have to miss Sundays every now and again. I'm going to have to miss probably every other Sunday. Who's your Lord? So you're saying God can't take care of you? Is that what you're saying? Didn't the nation of Israel experience God taking care of them in the desert? You know what happened? You know what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 33 verse 12, verse number 16? There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by strength. And horse is a vain thing for safety. Don't put your trust in material things. They'll fail you. Put your trust in material things and then a fire burns your house down. Where are you going to be? Now you say, these are some wild case scenarios. They are until it happens to you. Until your basement floods. Until you, until your car gets totaled. Then it's not a case scenario. Now what do you do? Where's your trust then? You ever had it as a Christian? You know what I can do? I can go to God and pray for my needs. I've seen God answer a prayer. When I was working at Chick-fil-A after I got out of high school, making seven twenty-five an hour. I was working 50, 60 hours a week. Still able to be there on Sunday, praise the Lord, because it's closed on Sunday. I was able to make it on Wednesday night to church. I'll tell you this. If you go to your boss and you say, boss, I'm a Christian, and I go to church on Wednesday nights, can I work that out for you? I guarantee you, you'll find you're, you're, you're able to do it. Can I give you this illustration? There was a fellow that, that used to work for for the place that I did. My boss, who was not a Christian, said he met, there was a fellow there that was Hindu or Muslim. And he said, he's so impressed with me. He said he came to work and he told me that he had to pray so many times a day because of his faith. And he told me he had to do it privately because of his faith. And he had to do it at certain times because of his faith. And he told his boss, he told my boss, his name is Ishvan. He was Hungarian. Not very religious people out there. He told my boss, he said, if you'll let me do this, you won't have any problems. When I'm on the work floor, I'll be there and I'll be the best worker you have. But if you'll let me, I, I have to pray. If, I'm gonna, if you're going to let me work, I have to pray. And I want to pray in your office. He did Ishvan would shut the door, he'd lock it, and there he would. Brian have his rug out twice during the work day. And he said he was the best worker in the world. You know why? Because he had a Lord. He had a master. Let me ask you something. Somebody starts in the workplace and they start, they start bringing up their political candidate. Does that get you fired up? 
You're going to start entering in the conversation. Somebody starts being anti-Second Amendment, going to get your blood boiling. You're going to get in the conversation. Somebody starts talking about the LGBTQ plus ZXY LMNOP. And they start talking about how that's the right way to live and how we need to start being more tolerant and how that there are 65 different genders, although if they were a farmer, they'd find out that's not true. They start doing that, you're going to get in the conversation. Where are you at when they start cussing? Where are you at when they start taking the Lord's name in vain? Where are you at when they're asking you, hey, what'd you do on the weekend? I'll never forget, I was working with those fellas, they tell me what they did on the weekend. It wasn't fit for a grown man to hear. And they started asking me, what'd you do this weekend? I started kind of, just kind of took it easy. And I found myself, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, what are you ashamed of, son? How come they're so proud of what they accomplished on the weekend? Why can't you be proud of what you did? So they said, what'd you do on the weekend? Man, you should have been there. Man, we had Sunday morning. We had a great service. I had two people saved in junior church. I tell you this, they stopped asking what I did on weekends. But can I tell you this? I'm thankful that there were some of them that asked me to pray for them. They would say, hey, I'm sorry for cussing. You know why? Because God's my Lord. I don't serve my boss. That's just what I do to take care of my needs. Have you prayed for your work? How come when people say, God answered my prayer and takes them out of church? God didn't answer that prayer. You say you're being awful strong. Yeah, because I mean it. God didn't answer that prayer. God ain't going to answer a prayer. It's going to take you away from it. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Why would God bless you to a point where you can't serve him? God ain't going to do that. He ain't going to do that. Because God, number one, is their Savior. Number two, the true mark of a patriot, God is their Lord. I'm thankful. Real quickly, I'll just make a couple of testimonials in my last point. I'm thankful that we had some patriots at Frederick Baptist Church whose God was their Lord. I'm thankful that we had some patriots at Frederick Baptist Church because God was their Savior. I'm thankful that America is a land of opportunity where families and individuals can come from abject poverty and have an opportunity to provide for themselves and their families. But it's not America's capitalism that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that America is a place that I can carry my Bible under my arm, not be afraid, that I can share publicly my faith, not be apprehended so far, that I can worship freely to my God and not be sentenced. I'm thankful that America is a place where a young boy can come from Africa whose parents came to pursue a wealthier lifestyle and settled in a neighborhood by a Baptist church who exercises religious liberty every Sunday by going into the community, every Saturday, by going into the community and giving them eternal hope. One day a member of this Baptist church stopped by this little boy's door and invited him to come to church. This sounded wonderful, but how would he get there? It got even better when this individual told this little boy from Africa that their church ran a bus in his neighborhood and that would pick them up for church on Sunday mornings. This young man was so excited from the time that he shut the door until the time that the doors of the bus opened up Sunday morning. You fast forward 10 years, and this young man whose parents came from the distant uh, lands of Africa to come to America to to, to, uh, uh, obtain a better life on this earth gave their children the ultimate opportunity by allowing them uh, to ride the church bus and receive eternal life. This same young man found God, and God got a hold of him. He gave his life to him, and now he's back in his hometown in Africa as a missionary to give those same young people an opportunity that he was given. That's my friend, Missionary Daniel Akuma. 
I'm thankful for America. Because there was a time where America was under God. I'm thankful for America because there was a time not just because both of my grandfathers served in the Vietnam War. But I'm thankful because my grandfather wasn't a soldier of his country, but he was a soldier of the cross. He saved he saved more lives with his faith than he ever did with his weapons. I'm thankful that my great-granddaddy, see, prayed over his wife, who's going to be a widow. Prayed God to bless that young man who he'd never seen, never knew it was a boy. But he said, God told me it's going to be a boy. I want you to name him John. And I'm so thankful. You fast forward 50 years later, and he's a Baptist preacher. I'm thankful for the patriots in my family. Let me say in closing, God is their goodness. God is their goodness. A true patriot, God is their Savior. He's the Lord of their heart. God is their Lord. He's the master of their life. Let me say this. God is their goodness. God is their goodness. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 49. Psalms chapter 49. Verse number 14. You know, if Americans would just read their Bibles like they mean it, if Americans would pray like they believe it, and if America would share their faith like it could make a difference, we would have far less need for counselors, for medication, for self-helps. We'd have far less problems in our nation. Can I tell you this? If Christians just believe what they believe. See, you may be saved. You may be a Christian. But is God the Lord of your life? You may be saved. You may be a Christian. But is God your goodness? Is He your goodness? Verse number 14 says, Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. And the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwellings. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. And He shall receive me, Selah. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul. And man will praise thee. When thou doest well to thyself, he shall not go to generation to his father. They shall never see light. Man that is in in honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perisheth. The Bible says the man that lives without God, he's like the deer in the field. Wandering, making a living while he can, and then passes away. But see, not so for the Christian. Not so because we go from an earthly to a heavenly. We get to leave things behind that people will be able to obtain for generation to generation from time everlasting. See, the goodness of God is not in the things that he gives but in the things that He allows. In the thing that He allows. You know what He allows me to do? He allows me to make a difference. But not just a difference here. I mean, I'm thankful for George Washington. And I'm thankful that that he was a patriot of his country. 
But I'm also thankful that he was a patriot of heaven and that he made sure that when this nation was founded, it was founded not upon men, but upon God. I'm thankful that he acknowledged the providence in the hand of God. You know why? Because of that decision, because of their focus, because their focus was not capitalism, because their focus was not what you could obtain just in your lifetime, but what others could obtain in theirs. We are able to sit here freely and enjoy their blessings. Blessings eternal. I'm thankful for my pastor. And if you're here tonight, you ought to be thankful for your pastor. And if you have a Bible in your hand, you ought to be thankful that God has given you that ability to read it, to carry it, to be unashamed, to talk about it. You know why? Because you're going to make a difference. One of these days there's going to be folks up in heaven. And you're going to say, I remember you. You used to ride my bus. I remember you. You sat next to me. You may be able to go up to a Sunday school teacher and say, thank you for making a difference in my life. Thank you for making an eternal difference in my, my life. God is their goodness. When the chips fall, they realize they have God. And that's all they need. You see, the man that works for himself, when he dies, he carries none of it with him. Oh, but he gets to pass it on to his next generation. He gets to pass, they'll make statues of him. Well, it all depends on what political side you are. It depends on how long that statue will stand up. You may have a statue standing up, but that don't mean it's going to be there forever. You lead somebody to Christ. That lasts forever. You memorize God's word in your heart. That'll last forever. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's their goodness. My job failed, but God is good. My country is in war. Didn't that happen once in our nation's history? Didn't that happen? Didn't we have a civil war break out? It could happen again. But who are you going to rally around? Who are you going to rally around? You know, we, we will give money to missionaries to go to places that we would never want to live in. And we get to see God work in their lives and we say, what a blessing. But then our nation starts cracking down on us. The prices start going up. Civil unrest starts to begin, and then we start to wonder, is God with us? Now, how come those people can have more faith than we can? And why? Because our blessings have been too great for us. Because God's not our goodness. God's not our goodness. Our goodness is what we can see, what we can hold, just like that man in, in Psalms uh, chapter number 49. But the man who has his eyes on God, the man who says, my nation is blessed because my nation is under God, I'm under God. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. And He's my goodness. We look at verse number 20 in closing. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Alex de Tocqueville once said this. If you know who he is, he's a very famous philosopher and theologian, but he wrote Democracy in America. He said this, Liberty cannot be without morality, nor morality without faith. The Americans combine the notions of religion and liberty so intimately in their minds that it is impossible to make them conceive of one without the other. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness that I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. If I was to ask you, how far has America come from these statements? By asking you this, how far have you come from these statements?
folks. Because America is you. If America has drifted, it's because there were not enough patriots to hold the boat. Head bowed and your eyes closed. Trademarks of a true patriot. God is their Savior. You're here today. You don't know Christ is your Savior. There will be an opportunity by the end of this meeting to receive Christ. You're here today. You've received Christ. Is He your Lord? When you make decisions, where does He line up? Who are you first to say, well, if I don't show up, they'll understand? Well, you know what? I, I have more important things to do. Is it your family? Oftentimes, no. Oftentimes, the first one to go is God. Is He your Lord? And is He your goodness? When the chips are down, are you going to your bank account? When you're when the chips are down, are you looking for more hours? When the chips are down, are you looking for a political figure to rally behind? Or when the chips are down, do you get on your knees and say, God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. And I tell you tonight, we need more.